One percenters, welcome back to another episode of the One Percent Podcast. I'll be your host, David Nurse. Hope you all are having a great week. And on the One Percent Podcast, we bring on high performers of all areas to help show you how to achieve your goals and basically write the blueprint for how they've done it and they give it to you, directly hand it to you. And this week on the podcast, we have an absolute legend. This guy literally has the number one podcast in health on iTunes, has been rated a top three podcast of all time, The Fat Burning Man. This is Abel James. Abel James is a New York Times bestseller. He is a speaker, entertainer, consultant, a musician and a songwriter, worked with Tim McGraw, taught Tim McGraw how to become a fat Bernie man and literally has worked with some of the highest, the biggest names, was named one of the most hundred most influential people in health and fitness alongside of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Deepak Chopra, and so many more. This New York Times bestseller has written the book, The Wild Diet, which has just taken over basically the, the health and nutrition industry and telling you he's just so much more just such a genuine guy I felt like I knew him so long before this we we're just becoming friends and he is he is a next level human being with a ton of info to offer you even on bird watching as you will see Abel James get ready buckle up one percenters because here we go <sighs> you know that sound <clears throat> when you want a great night's sleep yeah that's what you get from Chili Technology. Chili Pad and the Uller, literally the biggest game changer that I've ever used in my own life for sleep. I would not be promoting these guys if I didn't believe in them. Great people in the organization and just the product. Oh my goodness, the deep sleep, the REM. The, I just wake up recharged, rejuvenated every single day because I sleep on the Uller, which cools my body temperature to exactly where I want to be at. And the ideal temperature is between 62 and 68 degrees. I like it really cold, like 58 degrees. And that cold, sleeping in the cold, as we all know, gives you a better rejuvenation, regenerative sleep every single night. It's like plugging your iPhone in. Would you want to plug it in and wake up with the iPhone being 75%? No. Make it 100%. And that's what the Uller and Chili Pad bring to you. And for you listeners, for you one percenters, I have a huge big time discount code to check this out. The links will be in the show notes on how to do that. If you want to sleep better, if you really want to have great sleep, which we all do, this is the answer. Welcome to the 1% Podcast. Abel James, thanks for joining us, Mr. Fat Burning Man himself. Hey, thanks for having me. I can tell we're about to have some fun. Oh, we're going to have fun. And there is so many things that we could talk about. I have to start this off just for all you listeners to know that this guy is probably the most interesting person that I have ever met. And you're going to find out. And I've met a lot of people, so that's saying a lot. He is the new Dos Equis most interesting man. But hey, start us off with a bang. Something, if people look you up, they might not know about you. <laughs> that's... That's harder than it may seem, having done like hundreds, maybe thousands of episodes. But one that came up recently is that like my wife and I are secretly like huge nerds for bird watching. We love when we're on hikes. We love like knowing which bird is which, what sounds they make, um, in which situations they make those sounds. It's kind of like a lost indigenous art, like tracking, which we're not good at. 
but uh wow especially because my wife and i have traveled to so many places it's part of the fun like like uh her folks live in arizona mine in florida i'm from the northeast but we live in colorado so checking out the different animals wherever we are is just like the secret obsession we have dude that's really cool like i honestly thought birds all just made the same noise but now i know they have their own language <laughs> i'm never start checking out bird language all right here's a question what is the coolest bird who's the coolest bird out there like i've always been a big flamingo fan ostriches are legit penguins i don't know if they count as birds because they can't fly but who's the, what's the coolest bird <laughs> Yeah, man, a lot of people don't realize how smart birds are, but when you look into the intelligence of uh, ravens, jays, crows, magpies, they're called corvids, actually, an interesting word these days, but that's like the name of that group of birds. Uh, according to a lot of tests, they're as smart as monkeys, My as gosh. primates. They can solve puzzles. They can use tools. And so we've got, we live uh, up at 8,000 feet here in rural Colorado, and uh, we're surrounded by pinyon pine trees. Man. And there's a particular type of jay here that it's, uh, they call them blue crows. They've got like these white bellies and this bright blue uh, back wings and head. And the, their call sounds like a laugh. And so like right around, like today, they've been flying around the house, just like eating pine nuts, it sounds like a cloud of laughing birds. It's absurd. I love it. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Dude, that is really, really cool. You literally are like living. Well, I love living by the beach in LA, but if I wasn't living by the beach in LA, I'd be doing exactly what you're doing. Love it, man. And That's why it's nice to have friends in both places. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Come on out. You said you've been East Coast, Midwest, South, but I didn't hear any Los Angeles or West Coast. We'll get you out here soon. I would and love to. It's long overdue. Man, so you are literally, like I was saying earlier, I mean, New York Times bestseller. Your podcast has been rated the third or top three all time health and nutrition podcast, like literally just blowing up on every single platform possible. So everybody sees this unbelievable success that you have and they know your name and know who you are. And it's just, but it took a lot to get there and it took a lot of overcoming obstacles in making pivots in your life because i mean shoot you graduate from dartmouth high school and dartmouth in six years total turning down cia jobs that's that's saying something but talk us through how like what was your biggest life pivots you had to make and how did you go about doing that yeah i would say in a similar way probably that you grew up really wanting to be in the mba i uh especially when i was when i was younger always wanted to be a musician. Now, I, I never really defined what that meant, but I had an idea of what that meant from media and from people I knew and all the rest of that stuff. So, you know, like I started busking, which is playing for tips when I was like eight mm. years old. I dressed up in church clothes with like a bow tie. <laughs> I played clarinet. I played old like jazz songs and stuff like that. I played Christmas songs. I learned how to play the saxophone. I like you know, mowed lawns to buy Love these instruments. Uh, and I was just obsessed with it. And then as time went on, uh, you know, I, I, I went to school. Uh, it was expensive. And I, some of it was scholarship, but also had to like work that off and pay off loans. So just kind of like speeding through life. I've always kept playing music. But um, back when I was a teenager, I was making thousands of dollars streaming on mp3.com. And, and selling thousands of dollars of CDs and then making thousands of dollars playing gigs. Like when I was a teenager Dang. and it was just, 
it didn't feel like max level in any way. But then kind of like the world shifted and, and money was taken out to a large degree from streaming for most musicians. Money was taken out of the live gigs and less, like, it, more like winner takes all or winner takes most type situation and, and harder for the indie guys. And, uh, and then CD sales just kind of went away. And that was what musicians sold. <laughs> that yeah, was like yeah. their income. So that dried up and, and it dried up for me. And, and a lot of people around me, not completely, but to the extent where it's like, can I pay my bills doing this? Right? Like, am I actually going to make it into the MBA type <laughs> feeling or type situation? And then it's like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Yeah. That's, that's interesting that you say that it's saying like same trajectory as me being in the NBA, but it led to something better. So your music, your totally. love for music I mean, tell you, like you got associated with Tim McGraw and like talk about that. I thought yeah, it's really so, fascinating so in your story how you got dubbed the fat burning man and how you're like music was your basis and everything you built it on. But it it pivoted it towards the health and wellness and nutrition. Another thing that was you were passionate about. That's the coolest part, right? Because like I pivoted. I wasn't even totally like emotionally cool with that to some degree. You know what I mean? Like you want the world to be a different place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can use, you can use that as fuel, right? Where it's just like, all right, if I've been playing through, I was playing 300 plus live gigs a year oh my in gosh. Austin going on tour and stuff like that, playing all these instruments, singing with different people. And I've been doing that for years. And then I was like, all right. So if the live music thing isn't really paying off anymore, um, what if I take all that energy and focus and put it into another one of my passions, which, which for me, uh, I kind of grew up. My mom was a holistic nurse practitioner. My dad was from a farming family. Those grandparents had a farm. My brother has a farm. Um, and, and, and so like health and food has always been a huge part of that. And I'm like, what could I um, be obsessed with for the rest of my life <laughs> such that I could start a project around it and keep going? you know? And for me, it was health. That's what I realized. Like there's definitely music and that's a part of it. Um, so I started writing blogs and, and, and manuals and books and courses around health and then podcasting kind of like became big and it was, it was great timing. And also I just so happened from being a gang musician to have all the microphones and equipment I mm. needed. And I knew how to turn the dials and produce shows where it was like such a natural fit that I accidentally like became a hit podcaster in health out of nowhere, according to most people, because I'd already been a musician playing live gigs for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I love that. That's, I mean, that's the work that you put in uh, the t 10 years or 30 years to become an overnight success that you are. And, and I mean, I, I would attribute your podcast success to just having a Barry White-esque voice. Like, you could just talk about anything. When you're talking about those birds, I would have listened to a whole bird podcast from you, man. No, but, <laughs> but in all... I, it, I appreciate that. But, and one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that's a skill. That's a skill yeah. that can be developed. Everyone has a different voice. Yes, nice. But a lot of... It, just the same way that a lot of people breathe incorrectly, just kind of naturally they breathe incorrectly. Uh, they, they speak incorrectly or they don't know proper form. And for me, I have a really low voice and people cannot hear what I'm saying unless I like speak with a correct form, if that makes sense. So I make a point to do that. I like that you hit that point. That is a skill you can develop. Just like public speaking is a skill. Communication is a skill. Everything is a skill you can develop. Just if you decide that, that you're going to put in the work that to do it. 
and you did and you and you jumped into podcasting like and was it been 10 years on like that was before Just people about. man yeah and that's like a huge credit to you in your life is not being afraid to take risks i mean most people would take the easy route like you got offered wall street jobs cia jobs yeah that's that's easy. but you took a risk on yourself podcasting you saw the writing on the wall from musicians you pivoted and we're going to ask you later about how you're seeing the writing on the wall right now too and how you're continuing to pivot but yeah. it's like has that been a mindset that you've had like it's just like hey i don't care what anybody else thinks i'm just going to take a step off see what happens if i'm if i miss i'm going to be at the same spot that i was at do you have is, is that something built in you I don't know, but it's happened a number of times, you know, and, yeah. and it's interesting what you're encouraged to continue to do because that changes from yeah. at some point, like yeah. when you grow up, you're encouraged to do like good things and be a good person when you're a kid growing up. And then like somehow you get out in the real world and you see that like having shady ethics is rewarded. And you see that like a bunch of people are getting rich doing the wrong things and that a bunch of people are just, you know, something shifts. So for me, I've kind of like bumped, bumped up against that a few times, but I remember, <laughs> yeah, I was one of the, when I was working in consulting, like immediately one of the top 10% consultants and then even higher than that and got like bonuses and got fast track and they got, got a quick promotion. And they're just like, man, you're going to be VP by 27 <laughs> and you're going to be just like all this stuff. And then after I think I worked 18 months, maybe it was 20 months, and I'm just like, peace. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I, I paid off. I paid off my loan like as quickly as I could. I spent $2,500 buying a beat up old Mercedes diesel, and my girlfriend and I and my guitar just drove across the country and went on a road trip. <laughs> so cool, and that's a testament to, and you, like we said, taking a risk on yourself. And people will get so stuck that they don't think they can live out their passions because of that, that right there, the enemy of great is not bad. It is good. And it is settling. And right. you've, you've shown totally. people that, Hey, like, man, I like, sure. You're gifted. You got talents, you got skills, but it's nothing like it's crazier than anybody else could have, but you just don't give up and you bet on yourself. And I absolutely love that, man. Is it, is there any way, as is, is, is we talk on the 1% podcast about taking 1% steps, uh, improvements daily, is there anything that you do daily to continue to improve? Because there's one thing to be at where you're at, but it, you, I know you're a nut for it too. How do you continue to improve? I, I love that question. One thing that's really important for me is having a, a journal around a blank piece of paper nice. that I write on every single day, usually nice. multiple times a day. Another thing that's really important to me that I think guides a lot of what we do is a connection to some sort of spiritual practice or some sort of learning that's around trying to better yourself. Like, why are we here? That's meaning based. That's based around symbolism or, or spirit or, you know, religion in some cases. There, it's a double-edged sword, but um, there's a lot of good that, that can be done and there's not so much learning on Facebook anymore or mm -hmm. even on the internet in mm -hmm. general. So to really go deep, one thing that I try to do is separate myself from technology to some degree and usually do quite a bit of offline work, whether it's reading, writing, journaling. And, uh, and I think having that input output is really important more than ever these days. Uh, my, my wife in particular, Allison, she was a professional video gamer. One of the first like no esports pro people. And, and, uh, it, it's amazing to see some of the changes in her life 
because she there was a lot of screen time and there still still is. But one thing we were talking about recently is how she started journaling. How she started, and, and I hate that word and that concept, but I basically agree. just like yeah, yeah. I call it free writing. Nice. That's how I do it. But I also do to do lists, and sometimes I'll just like a bunch of stuff will come out. It doesn't have to be organized. You never have to see it again. But it's a mental process of just kind of getting all, shaking it all off, wiping off the grime, getting all of that rattly stuff out of your head, and then all of a sudden you can move on and focus on that area of passion. And, and both of those things are really important, focus and passion. Man, that's such a good answer. And first of all, your wife is the coolest. Like, she's you're like me. We me. talked about this. Our wives are so much yeah. cooler than us. And I saw in your book that she's your chef and she's a gourmet chef and she's a video gamer. Yeah. Like, man, you're cool, but she's got you beat. And you know what? I, I really love how you put your days in buckets. I think that's so important for people to do. If you have your phone by you and you have emails up and everything, like it's, you can't, it'll kick you out of focus. You know this, like you, to get in a yes. deep zone state, you have to be just locked in without, without distractions. Multitasking is the biggest BS. Yeah, you could yeah. do two things at the same time, but you ain't doing them well. So I love, I love that you hit on that point. And, and man, I, I've been just eating up your wild diet book. Like literally, like I'm not just saying that because you're on here. It is so good. Not, not just for Thank the you. recipes and the, oh, me and my wife are working on uh, mom's homemade chicken soup. That's, that's our goal. Yeah. We want to get that one down. <laughs> but just for, like it teaches you how to eat, how to train, like the mentality behind eating, like when to eat, like so super detailed that if, if anybody is interested in, in bettering their nutrition, losing weight, losing body fat. It's literally like just the blueprint guide to it. And it's amazing. Like, and for your own life, I mean, you went from, what do you say, playing the clarinet and chubby to just being an ultimate beast that you are. What, uh, yeah, like, just talk us through the, 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 the mentality of changing your life around changing your mentality about food. And I know that's very broad, but you can narrow it down to like, here's the key points you really need to focus on. So I got to tell you about one of my favorite companies all time for Sigmatic, one of the most nutrient dense, most studied food companies on the planet. And there are so many benefits, not just the health benefits, the amazing taste, but it can help you jumpstart your day with the coffee in the morning, with the lion's mane in the mushrooms to really just get you invigorated, the energy that you need. They have the protein, the defend protein with powerful adaptogens to keep you at your peak and to help you recover for your next workout. And it tastes great. I put mine in my smoothie every single morning and I have some at the evening as well. And they have chill, the cacao, the reishi to help you unwind and prepare for that restful night's sleep. I personally know the founder of Four Sigmatic and he's the only person on this planet that gets better sleep than I do. So whatever he's doing with these mushrooms, he's doing something right. And not only is the benefits for your health just astronomical the taste is unbelievable it really is check them out they're all over the world they have been going and growing and i'm just saying right now you are going to love it i love the four sigmatic cacao mix in the evenings it's like hot chocolate oh coffee in the morning protein in the smoothies so much goodness thank you four sigmatic yeah, there are principles. There that go. was one thing that really nice. helped me because in my 20s, I got sick and fat 
by trying to be healthy, mm. by following the wrong advice really well, <laughs> the wrong <laughs> advice really well. So I was sticking to this wrong advice so, you know, religiously and obsessively that I was getting poor results way faster than the other people my age around me, which turned into a hidden gift. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. When you when you realize that you've put all this effort into kind of doing things the wrong way, then you make that pivot. You, you now start following the template of the right advice, or at least advice yeah. that's more directionally accurate, that's closer to yes. It's never 100% or zero. You know what I mean? There is gray area. But um, once you keep going in that direction, it adds up to something big over, over um, sometimes not that long period of time. So for me, I went from trying to eat low fat, you know, very low cholesterol, trying to get the whole grains in there. And, and I was running 30 plus miles a week. And I was, I was soft. I was pudgy. I was carrying extra weight. My, my hormones were off. There, was a, there were a lot of problems that were going on. So when I switched that to a more metabolically appropriate way of eating and then added some strength training, it was like 40, 50 days later. And I had like a Brad Pitt or like a, like a Wolverine body. You know what I mean? Where it yeah. was just like, what? Yeah. I didn't realize that like, if you, if you just do it and you follow the right thing that you can, it blew my mind. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest misconception is what the world says is this is what you should be eating. These six servings of grains, all this processed stuff with the sugar, like these, it's yep. killing us, but you follow that. You have the mentality that you're going to do it, which is great. And you took that mentality and pivoted towards actually when you're doing the right thing and going yeah. on the right path, which is, which is amazing. And it, it leads me to the point of like, not everything works the same for everyone. You had to find out what your rhythm was and what really worked yeah. for your body and made you the, the Wolverine Brad Pitt that you are. So that, yeah, that opens up the question is, is selfishly, Hey, what are you doing now? Like, how are you eating? Can you walk us through a, this is the optimal way that you eat? I can't necessarily walk through the optimal way of eating, um, but I'll start with myself. I'd be happy to kind of talk about that second. Maybe I'll talk about the way that I have, I've been doing it for a while now, which is uh, I fast for the majority of the day. When I first started fasting, I think that was about 10 years ago. I was doing like a 16, eight mm-hmm. type fast where my first meal was around noon I would train around then. I was living in Austin. It was a totally different environment where compared to where I am now. I was in my 20s. Now I'm in my 30s. And so the way that I used to train and eat and my hunger, completely different, right? Um, so anyway, there are multiple factors at play. But for the past seven or eight years, I've been doing more of the one meal a day-ish. I call it one and a half meals a day. Where um, it's more of an eating window, but I don't usually have my first meal until three, four, maybe even five uh, in the afternoon slash evening. And I'm only eating for, you know, four hours. And uh, one of the things I try to focus on is being metabolically efficient, you know, burning fat and being able to mobilize your body fat for energy. So I train fasted um, and I do runs, sprints. I go from 8,000 feet up to 10,000 feet and do really intense workouts that will fatigue me (laughs) fasted. And, uh, and that's how I try to train. And 
so it's kind of it's different than I used to train and eat and and eating once a day once you've kind of adapted and your body has the metabolic machinery to do those things um, then I think it's good to 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 push those limits a little bit but you know not be self destructive in any way but I think it's important that people realize that this isn't necessarily optimal like if you're a pregnant woman don't yeah. do any of the things exactly I just said. exactly you know what I mean? um, it's important to to take like your individual needs and goals into the equation for sure. Yeah, and that's a such a great point that you hit on that. But you're right, man. And you probably find it too with the fasting. You're more focused throughout the day too. Once you eat, it kind of kicks you out of that. The, the glucose is coming in and and staying metabolically just efficient and in the zone. And yeah, I love I love hearing that. And also that that meal is just is just delicious because you just get to basically eat all you want in that one Absolutely. in the one meal. I, I I usually do intermittent fasting. I have done in the past. Sometimes I go in and out just to just to change things up and to try new things. Yeah. I'm a kind of a guinea pig as it is. And so could you give the audience, like, let's say there's three things in your day. Cause you're highly, I mean, you're highly driven. You're, you're doing this podcast. You're doing so much. Are there three, you talked about journaling. It can be health or just in your day, three non-negotiable, non-negotiables that you have to get done that you really lean on. Yeah. One of them would be physical activity. And so I kind of have nice. a minimum workout, if that makes sense. Like yeah. today, I've been recording all day. And, uh, and and sometimes the workouts aren't practical. When you're recording all day, you're dressed up, right? Like you're at a conference or you're just like at work. It's not practical to always do a, a, an incredible, super hard, really intense workout every single day. So having that minimum workout for me, I do that six days a week. And nice. one day I actively don't work out, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Usually yeah. that's a Sunday. But Same if I here. happen to go on a little walk or a hike or a little bike ride, if that just happens, that's totally cool too. Um, so that that would be one of them. Another would be, uh, I don't even think about this because it's kind of ob- unconscious, subconscious at this point or built in, but hydration, super important. Mm. We live at high altitude in a high desert and it could get really dangerous, especially if you're out there, you don't have water and you've been exercising a lot and get really, you know, hardcore dangerous. So you have to keep an eye on it at elevation here, but that's something I've been really obsessively um, looking at for a long time. And also water quality, making sure that you're not drinking a bunch of toxins and rocket fuel and, and prescription medication runoff and just like raw sewage or whatever. <laughs> lead. Lead is in a lot of people's water. And, and so even if you do have a relatively clean source, sometimes it doesn't hurt to, to have a Berkey or another filter. So that's another just kind of non-negotiable. We go after clean water. Love it. And, Love it. And then um, this one's a little squishier, but I think it's worth people especially people in relationships, um, anyone who has some sort of like public voice, try to use positive words instead of negative words. There are so many different ways to say anything you want, but if you try to say things are hard or things are terrible, then it puts you in a mental state that, that drags you down. There are physiological changes, there are mental changes that happen when you say those disempowering words, when it's just as simple, it takes a little bit of adjusting, a little pivoting, if you will. <laughs> but if you make a practice, just like 
just like trying not to swear, right? Yeah. You might have different gears, different kind of like ways that you'll speak based upon the context. Try to make the context in your relationships based upon positive words. And if you catch yourself saying like, this is terrible, it's totally a drag, uh, even positive things, and I have to catch myself. Sometimes it's fun to, to say it this way, but like, it's amazing how much of that is built in in a positive way. That's killer. Break a leg, you know, kind of weird. You have to think, and you're like, uh, what does that mean exactly? And so it's better for your brain. It's better for your mental state to kind of focus when you can, especially in relationships on propping other people up, bringing them love through the way you speak. And, and so often it's easier to focus on those positive words. Man, that's so great. And, and I realized that from you from our first email exchange, just how positive you were, like speaking through that encouragement through like, I felt like that I'd already knew you and you knew everything I had going on. You were just pumping me up and cheering me on. Like, dude, this dude is awesome. But it, you're so right. Like in your relationships or just in anybody you're around, there's a different way to frame things. And there's always, and you never know, like that little thing, that little way you frame it of encouragement can change their entire day, their entire trajectory of their whole life, just because you changed your mindset on how you deliver the message. That is so good, man. You should, yeah, yeah. you need to, your next thing after you're done dominating everything else you're doing, straight into motivational speaking. I'm putting you in there, man. <laughs> when speaking is legal again. Yeah, when speaking is legal in person, exactly. <laughs> speaking of motivation, though. What continues to drive you? What, like, all this success that you've had and, and what continues to wake you up in the morning and you're like, man, I just want to go punch life in the face and let's, let's do this. What drives you daily? Getting better at things. Yes. Love you know, it. Getting better at weird, useless things. <laughs> like, one of my brothers got really good at throwing, throwing axes at targets, right? Like, I don't know how to do that, but that's, like, on the list someday. <laughs> Right now, I'm just kind of learning obscure ways of playing jazz and, and jazz theory on different instruments. And it's so fun to have these random projects that you engage in and these random um, just just kind of skills because yeah. I see it all as multidisciplinary. You know, you're, you're taking yourself to school every day uh, or not. Right. Like you can just kick back and like go on social media all day and just like fight with people and troll them. And get yeah. trolled back. Or, <laughs> you know, like so many people, um, they, they tell me there's like, oh, I've always wanted to play an instrument or I've always wanted to sing. And it's just like, do it. Can you dance? Yeah. You know, can you sing? Well, all of us can. All of us at least can develop that. I believe that all of us are naturally that thing, whatever it is, and you just need to draw it out in your, from yourself, you know, through practice. And, and, uh, yeah, for me, it's, especially as I get older, it's, uh, and not that I'm that old, but I just see the value of consistency, those tiny little things that you do every day, even thinking about like braces or Invisalign or something like that, right. Where it's just a little bit of pressure on your teeth that adds up like over the course of the days to like a whole different jawline over the course of time. It doesn't happen right away. If you try to smush, smush them all in one day, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people, especially in the Western world would want to, it's not going to work. So uh, there's so much value in, in kind of installing that practice in your life and just slowly getting better at, at all these different things. Wow. 
Like I'm smiling like crazy over here because that is the one percent mentality to a T. And totally. Trust me, guys. I did not tee him up for that. I did not tell him, "Hey, you gotta say it this way." But the I can love- vouch. He didn't at all. <laughs> I truly believe this for sure. Yeah, you can see it in you. It's a love for constant improvement, and I'm sure a lot of people ask you as they do me. It's like, how do you get so much done? How are you continuing to do? Like, we just love learning. When you have that built into you, that you just love learning and you love giving and giving the knowledge that you learn, like everything is going to work out. Just, just put those as your foundation. Everything is going to work out. And man, yeah. I would love, I would love work. To, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I would love to talk to you all day long. Like if you've got another six hours, let's stay on. There's so much <laughs> more I want to talk to you So yeah, go for it. All right. So you're your last one of the day. I'll let you get going here. But before we do, we got to jump on the rapid fire hot seat. Quick answers. Yeah. Whatever comes to your mind. Here we go, rapid fire. What is gonna be tough? Your favorite mindset quote that you maybe live by, put on your fridge, your mantra. Do you have a favorite? Every kick in the butt is a step forward. That's Ooh. a translation from a waiter I worked with when I was a teenager, and I just it's I can't say it in his yeah. accent. It was way better. <laughs> Dude, I love but it. That's one that I live by. I love it. I've actually never heard that one. That's really good. I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> All right, what is that? What is the definition of leaving a legacy to you? When people look back, they see Abel James, not necessarily what the Billboard says or the New York Times bestselling and all that stuff, which is great. But what is leaving a legacy mean to you? Passing on the concepts and belief system mm. that really that good. you think is is guiding people in the right direction, dude. Beautiful. Okay. What is coming next for you? I, I'd, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about designer babies, which I think is so cool. Like, to be honest with you, like, when I got the, book, the two books and I saw one was a poetry book, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. But then it, it made sense after I started to get to know you. Like, you are really multi-talented and you're not afraid to go do it and just do. So talk to us about designer babies and the really cool and interesting stories in there. Are they, are they real life? Like, are those real life stories that you put into poems? Some of them, some of them. I okay. see. Yeah. So I'll explain kind of like where it came from, because this is also a 1% type thing. I didn't intend to write a poetry book, but uh, the world became hard for us in a lot of ways in 2018, 2019. And, uh, and I, I started, especially online, kind of being a public figure, self-censoring and like realizing that it's getting a little more political over here and it's mm-hmm. getting a little dicey. Um, yet I still had all this frustration, all this pent up, just kind of like feeling. And one of the things from, you know, being a musician for a long time that I'm thankful for is that I learned that when you write a song or when you write a poetry, you know, piece of poetry, which I kind of see as as the same thing, it's, um, it's evoking a feeling and it's bringing, or or at least it has the opportunity to kind of like, uh, keep a memory there, right? Like you can, by writing that song, hearing that song if you think of like some of your favorite songs from childhood you can imagine what you were doing and who you were with yeah yeah. you know in your mind and you can create that for other people right but also um for myself it's kind of a way of just kind of you don't remember how you thought about things right like once you pivot once you're later in life i don't remember how i thought when i was 20 or 15 except for what i wrote back then and rereading it you know, so some of those poems that you read in that book were written under a completely different political 
administration when I was 15 or when I was 13 and I had my like first kiss or whatever. Some of those poems are in there. And and so, no, they're not 100% accurate or, or whatever. Some of them are just kind of based on reality. Right. And, and like the grandpa uh, poems, I have like kind of advice from grandmothers and advice from grandfathers. Some of them are real from the, you know, one of the grandma things is totally real. And one of the grandpa ones I totally made up. But it's something cool. that I think he would have said based upon what I know about him. <laughs> it's a cool way that you put it together. I've never seen anything like it before. So kudos to Thanks, you, man. man. It's really it's really cool. So what is next other than just dominating the bird watching scene and some more poetry, maybe <laughs> maybe throwing some axes at trees? Like what's what's really got you juiced up about coming next? Well, one thing we've been doing uh, my, my wife and I for a few years now is 360 video, spatial audio and virtual reality. Wow. So that's kind of going to be a whole new playing field for a lot of people. And there are so many opportunities for growth and education in that space. However, there are a lot of opportunities for just kind of the basement of everything humanity should be or ever stand for. <laughs> like it could go horribly, horribly <laughs> wrong. So before it does, I think it's important that we uh, kind of try to get ahead of it. So a couple of years ago, my wife and I got a bunch of VR cameras and started recording different things, wildlife videos, different environments. We, we, so I did a bunch of virtual tours of Yellowstone, wow. uh, of some of the volcanoes, Capulin volcano over here, America's Stonehenge. We went down to Serpent Mound, all these crazy places, got it in VR. And uh, also visited, this was the most powerful one, my, my brother's farm in upstate New York. And he, like, because of the nature of that, that technology, especially when you put on the headset, uh, you feel like you're there. There's, there's a physical presence that you, that you can sense. And when you re- when you remember it later, it almost feels more like a memory than certainly a video game or ever being on Facebook or being online. It feels more like you are there in a memory. So very interesting stuff. So anyway, we went to his farm and I had him explain about soil microbiology. And we went up close with a beehive and had the bees flying around the camera. And it's just totally insane. The technology isn't like quite there yet. There's not a great way to like deliver it to people and like have them put on the headset. There's not like a platform that's, we've tried a few and, and some of the early adopters are there, but like when this hits and I Dude. think because of all the lockdowns and quarantines and virtual stuff that's going on, that'll be accelerated. We're, it might still be a few years, but we're getting closer to where we're going to be like surfing around in virtual worlds and selling virtual real estate and having virtual avatars. And it all sounds totally wacky, but we're, we're almost there, man. I think I completely agree. And whenever you're there, like, let me know I'm investing in you. Cause I know this is going to hit it out <laughs> of the park. I, I don't know. Like that's a, you're always ahead of the game. Like I was going to ask you how you're pivoted. Like you're already ahead of the game. That's what life is going to be. We're going to learn in those type of ways. We probably stop going to school. Yeah. We learn in virtual reality schools. Dude, yep. keep on that. That is that is so exciting. All right, we're gonna have to There's have another podcast all about that. <laughs> I, thought, I would love to. Sure, I'd love man, to. And, for and sure. in pro sports, it's been used for a long time for uh -huh. quarterbacks. I think yep. it, there was a lot going on there, kind of at first, then it spread to other positions, and uh, it's powerful, powerful technology. And and now it's getting cheaper. So for a few hundred bucks, you can start to get a taste of of what it is. But but like I said. Stay away, if you can, from the horror stuff, 
from mm. kind of like the debased yeah. stuff because it's more like a, like being in a dream than it yeah. is looking at a screen. Right, man. Wow, crazy. Hey, how do we all follow you, follow everything you're doing and just know everything we possibly can about you? Thanks, man. Yeah, you can find me uh, on various platforms. Look up Abel James or Fat Burning Man. And my website is fatburningman.com. That's also the name of the podcast and, and the show that I put out. And uh, my various books, uh, The Wild Diet is the name of the, the one that's based around nutrition and fitness. We've also got uh, Designer Babies. You can find that at designerbabiesbook.com. But, you know, like wherever <laughs> you want to connect, I try to message back with people that, you know, I think we message yeah. on Instagram, yeah. right? And then email. And so I'm scattered all about if I don't get back to you right away, then like message me again. But, uh, but I'm out Dude. there. If you're interested in what we're talking about, then like come hang out. That's how I feel. <laughs> and you're not kidding, man. You're just that, like you are that genuine. Like I, I would love to do a podcast with you every day. And I mean, I'm just blessed that we were able to connect. And now, I mean, after a couple of days, you're my best friend. I don't know if you, I mean, <laughs> I, I love it. I don't even care if you reciprocate it. It's just how it is. I so, feel really good. I feel really pumped up, man. And, and I'm so glad it. that we connected. I can't wait to shoot a few hoops, learn yep. a few tricks from you yep. to, uh, to actually hug it out and hang out in person, man. Dude, we will. Absolutely. Probably on those sand dunes in Colorado before out here in LA, but yeah. <laughs> okay. As we drop the mic and let you off this 1% podcast, the question we asked everybody, what, and you've answered this. I love when guests already basically answered this through their whole answers. What does being a one percenter mean to you? Doing it every day. Yeah. Beautiful. Doing it every day. Relentless consistency. Abel James, thank you for being on this podcast. Appreciate all you do, my man. Right on. Thank you so much for having me. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of the 1% Podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time to me and listening to the 1% Podcast. Without you, none of this would be possible. The feedback, the reviews, the ratings you give this podcast help to grow the audience and the reach for us to be able to bring on new guests each week and provide that 1% daily steps we can all implement from top NBA players, high performers, and just from amazing people doing amazing things to better this world. And it's all because of you. If you could, I will shout you out, personally thank you, leave a review on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Five stars if you love it, one star of course if you hate it, and leave a comment of what you liked about it or questions, suggestions that you might have. Post on social media and tag me at David Nurse NBA, and I will repost the reviews the podcast gets. I'll shout you out personally for sure. Thank you so much for being the best community, the best family, the best 1% squad. So blessed for all of you out there. Now go out there today and speak a word of encouragement into someone. You can and you will make a difference.